Hello. Welcome to another episode of Daily Wisdom Words. I am your co-host, Rene O'Day. Hey, everyone. I'm your co-host, Neil Trevi, and we want to give you a very warm welcome to our latest episode. Join us every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, where we talk to guests who have stories, advice, and life hacks, all of which take you one step closer to the feeling of hope. Today, we have the pleasure of talking to someone who has gone out of her way to give hope and inspiration to survivors of child sexual abuse. Today, we talk to survivor, mental health advocate, and also a fellow podcaster all the way from Australia, Nella. Hello, Nella. Hi, Nella. Welcome back. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, just because um, we both got on, um, the audience has to know that I am Australian. I call myself that. I'm American, but my mom was born and raised in Australia, so Nella and I could be related. Nella, honey, can you give us a little background of your story and what was the springboard for what you're doing today with, um, you know, mental health? Yeah, sure. So um, I had a bit of a rough childhood, um, and I'll, I'll mm-hmm. dive right into it if that's okay with you. Um, Absolutely. I, I have divorced parents. Um, Mm -hmm. so, and I'm actually doing a little bit of research on that on my page at the moment, how a broken household can contribute to that. Um, so I've got divorced parents, divorced Mm -hmm. parents and, um, uh, my sexual abuse first started when I was five and it ended when I was around 13 years old and it was three different people. It kind of just one finished, another one started, one finished. Relatives? Relatives, yeah, well, no strangers, no stranger danger there. Yeah, I'm sorry. Thank I am you. so sorry. Yeah. I am really sorry. Anybody. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, and um, when so it ended around 13 years old. By the time I was 15, um, we actually moved from Germany to Australia, and I took that as an opportunity to, you know, what whatever happened there, we're gonna forget it funny mm-hmm. you cannot mm-hmm. your brain and body will you not can't. Really forget that. but You're that was my plan. Now. No. yeah mm-hmm. my plan was we'll forget about it and we're never going to say anything about it and move on with life um and in summary just to and you're welcome to ask as many questions after uh, by the time i was 28 um there was an opportunity where someone had raised it to me and mentioned it and from that day on i was not able to let it go, like um, the flashbacks, the, the triggers, they all became stronger mm-hmm. and they were all in my face. And that's when my healing journey started. And um, I couldn't. Good for you. Can you talk about often when outsiders are looking in to survivors and they don't know the situation, the most common question is always, oh, well, why didn't somebody speak up or why didn't you tell someone or take some kind of action? Now, of course, for people on the other end, I mean, it's, that's much, much more easier said than done. I know for sure. So can you talk about that and a little bit about the difficulties of someone, not just yourself, but anybody in your position and why it's so difficult for them to take the proper action sometimes? Yeah, of course. Such a good question. Because what a lot of people don't realize is that when you're in that situation, anyone and everyone will behave differently. There, there isn't one way to behave. You're not going to straight away be like, what are you doing? Go away. You know, a lot of people react in a freeze or like in, there is just, 
you know, some people have even asked me and said, what about, you know, I kind of laughed or I cried or I froze. Like, it's just there is no uniform way, way of reacting to these things. So, therefore, right. it, it just it just it isn't that simple. And when people ask these questions, most of the time what we have to remember is that they come from a point of view of not understanding or knowing anything about it. Hence why their question right. can come across as very naive and we can take it to heart quite a bit because it's so hurtful. Like, you have no idea what I've gone through, how dare you, you know, and we wanna, we would love to just attack them in that way, but it's they come from one point of view, we come from another point of view, and we just got to try and educate each other if possible. Um, and I want to just anyone listening in that you do not have to explain yourself to anyone. But if it's someone that you love and care about, sure, take the time, take a deep breath and, you know, try and explain it to them calmly um, if you can. Um, if there's tears, let them out. Don't ever hold that in, ever. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ever, ever. Right. That's unhealthy. Yeah. So many levels. So, really unhealthy. Yeah. On yeah. a personal level, when I've been asked about that, um, it was someone very close to me that asked, why didn't you tell me anything? Why didn't you say anything? Now, with my um, the main abuser that I talk about, even on my page, who was a male older cousin, and it lasted the longest, which is why I always gravitate towards those examples. He actually started with um, grooming. So I really always wanted an older brother. And he came along and I was like, wow, perfect, because I was an only child. And, you know, right. he was the, he would play with me. He would have fun with me, play pranks, all of that stuff. It then eventually um, turned into bullying and then eventually turned into physical abuse. So he would hit me a lot and then eventually turned into sexual abuse. Wow. So it just um, developed into that. It was, yeah, yep. Um, I've never heard of, I've never heard of it going from bullying to um, sexual abuse, but it makes sense. It makes it 100% does. sense. They scare the bejeebies out of you and then you have to, you know, do what they, oh yeah. wow, what a story. I know. What so is... when um, the bullying and the physical abuse started, so when he would hit me or tease me, I would speak up about that a lot. I would, you know, the hitting was really painful. Um, mm -hmm. I've always been physically a lot smaller than everyone else, even at my age. So, and he was a lot taller and bigger and stronger than me. So, you know, I had gone up to parents before and said, he hits me, he bullies me, help. And it would just be mm -hmm. laughed about it. Oh, you just kids, you're just playing. He's just being rough and it hurts you a lot more because you're little, you know, that kind of stuff. So it goes shushed mm -hmm. away. Um, I went to, I've mentioned that to both parents back then. I remember very clearly. And that's, that's how it starts. You set the tone and not believing about that. Why would they believe me about the sexual abuse? And that's what I say. Why would you believe me? Yeah. And it's well, silent. you know, yeah. Well, like you said, you talk to your parents and they mm -hmm. shushed you off, you know, what would you do different if you, I mean, would you would you stand there and stomp your feet and, you know, if you could tell them again, you know, that it happened. But this time you had to make them believe it. Mm -hmm. Do you know what you would do different? You both have got the best questions, honestly. Um, <laughs> I would, I would just get straight into it, especially now that mm -hmm. I have all the faith and confidence in myself that my story is true and it happened. If I had this knowledge back then and that confidence and power back then, I would just get straight into it 
call him out in front of everyone mm-hmm. because he would bully yeah. me in front of everyone. So I would just say that in front mm-hmm. of everyone. And if no one would believe me back then, I don't know, I'd probably run away <laughs> and start my own life as an eight year old. Well, yeah. and, you know, and unfortunately, you probably have to be descriptive because eight year olds mm-hmm. don't know things. No. So no. I think, I think, you know, you would have to say, well, he did this and your parents would go, wow, you know, because eight-year-olds mm-hmm. don't know that stuff. No. You know? Do you think things have gotten better, like for um, sexual abuse survivors, you know, in, you know, especially the, in the wake of the Me Too movement, because, um, you know, we are awakening. Yes. And I love that. I think we're all, everyone in every generation is awakening, especially the whole COVID thing. I find the whole lockdown, as heavy as it's been, I think a lot of people have gone through some sort of little or humongous awakening. I mean, there's obviously lots of other reasons why people might be more awake and have their eyes and ears more wide open. But I believe that, and I'm so happy to see that today there is definitely a lot more awareness. And I think that the Me Too movement definitely helped, Um, even though there's uh, a lot of people that might disagree with how it was delivered and whatever. The point is the Me Too movement definitely talked about the uncomfortable topic that has been shoved under the rugs for forever. Um, And even if parents don't educate their kids, I think kids even hearing about it there is some sort of comfort and education knowing that, oh, okay, that, that is actually not okay. Um, whereas me, I was born in the 90s and there wasn't Twitter, Instagram, new, I mean, there was news, mm-hmm. but no way would they talk about that in the 90s. Um, and there was no sex ed like there is today. Uh, so I, I think mm-hmm. the Me Too movement definitely in the bigger picture made a beautiful impact in just making everyone be aware of that. And how common it is, and it's not always stranger danger. That's that's what I always talk about on my page. How it's can be. Do you know? Do you know? It mostly is because I have a a good friend who's a OBGYN, and she said it is somebody you know. Yep. Somebody. Yep. Ninety percent of the time, maybe even ninety-five. Yeah. Yeah. It's so rare. I mean, these in Australia there was um, this year two different cases where. Um, someone's tried to kidnap a student after school and it was a shock. It's so, you know, this, these things don't happen, especially not in Melbourne. It's just, it's shocking mm-hmm. um, because it's actually quite a big effort to do these things. Right. Mm-hmm. But if it's With cell phones be, these days, oh, With yeah. cell phones these days. Yeah. you don't yeah. know who, you don't know whose picture you're in. Nope. You know what I mean? You can be sitting in the restaurant yeah. with your friend having lunch. And yep. someone could be taking you richer and you would never know. No, yeah. following you from far, far away and all of that. But if it's someone mm-hmm. in the family or someone in your household, they're already there. They know everything about mm-hmm. you, all your behaviors, all your characteristics, everything. So it's, mm-hmm. if you've got mm-hmm. the horrible mindset in that household, it's really easy for them, unfortunately. I was just saying, we, you know, we talk about, you know, educating our kids and what parents should do. And yeah. one of the things I think that definitely needs uh, more substance, more a definition with more substance is the definition of consent, right? Because I've heard you talk about this on your podcast. Mm. And again, to outsiders who have not faced this kind of uh, abuse or anything, 
um, it might be one of those he had to like, well, consent, right? Yes or no. But of course, it's so much more than that. And so can, can you talk about that, you know, the, the deeper meaning of consent of what yeah. exactly consent should be to everybody and also how that consent is not just about sex? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I'm going to branch consent into two sections just for the time being. Um, one being about obviously the sexual side and it could be, you know, with abusers, but it could also be with your partner. It doesn't have to be, you know, the most horrid situation. It could be your husband, mm -hmm. your fiance, mm -hmm. your girlfriend, whatever. Mm -hmm. Unless there is an enthusiastic, yes, I want to as well. That's not consent. If you've spent the last 15 minutes or the whole day trying to convince your other half to have sex with you or to do something to you to please you in any way and then you finally at the end get you're all right that's not consent you have exhausted the person yeah. and manipulated them until they said that yeah. and i mean from my point of view it's like why would you even want to do that with that you know unless someone's really wanted to do something with me I don't want it. Like, that's just such so cringe. But mm -hmm. some people mm -hmm. are just so, you know, that they just don't care. They just want to do it. And, yeah, mm -hmm. so unless it's a definite yes. Mm -hmm. it's, it's how many not, girls, yeah, how many girls in high school got in that situation? Oh, my goodness. Where, you know, where they, where they just wanted to be popular and they go to a party and yep. the quarterback's there. And the next thing you know, he's pulling her in a bedroom and, yep. you know. Yeah. Is when we raise our children these days, it's it's not just about sex, obviously. When you're raising your children, it's also about that hug or a kiss on the cheek to a mm -hmm. cousin, an uncle, uh, and so on. It's You need to make sure, we need to make sure that our kids are aware that it's their own rules, their body, their rules. Because when I was growing up, and I'm sure maybe you might be able to relate to that as well, you have to hug that uncle, you have to kiss that auntie, it's mm -hmm. rude. It's okay to say hello, mm -hmm. but if you do mm -hmm. not want to hug them or let them touch you, you do not have to. I didn't, I, it, I was told it was rude not to kiss the uncle. Mm -hmm. And there was definitely some creepy uncles in the family that I did not want mm -hmm. to get me up. But I had to because it was disrespectful in the whole family. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's so great that I'm hearing a lot more parents talk about that to their kids. Um, you had talked about, um, you know, when you, when you came to the reality you know, you were talking to your friends or something like that, that this had happened and it was like absolutely time to deal with it, you know? Um, how have you come to accepting it? Like, that's a big, um, that's a long, that's a lot of therapy maybe? Yep, yep, mm -hmm. definitely. Um, mm -hmm. So obviously it's been years. I was 13 when it stopped. And by the time I was faced with this again in my life, I was 28, um, which was in America on a holiday in New Orleans. Okay. So when we came there, there is obviously, you know, there's all these spooky stories and amateur psychics and blah, 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 card readers mm -hmm. and all that. Um, and I kind of love a little bit about it, but then obviously mm -hmm. a lot of them were just amateur and it kind of mm -hmm. became a bit of a joke between my then boyfriend and myself. And I saw this one lady far away and she just caught my eye and it must've just been her gypsy like costume, but I was like, I need to go to her. I need to go see her. I'll pay a little bit more, something about wow. it. Let's go suss her out. 
And um, she was actually really good. She was using numerology, which um, if you're not aware of that, it can mm -hmm. be quite accurate mm -hmm. to you personally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All of that. And she actually said she spoke about my sexual abuse as a child. And I sat there like, like what? And she said, yeah. I know it's been a long time and you've been trying to pretend like it didn't happen, but it's time to acknowledge it and you need to face it. And maybe wow. you're going to write a letter to let it all out. Um, but wow. I can also see that you're going to help people with that. And I was like, first of all, what? Second of all, how do you know this? And as if I'm going to help anyone with this. No way. And here we are. So, Oh, my gosh. Was, <laughs> I believe, I believe the you? universe. I believe that the universe puts you where you need to be. Yes, 100%. Right? And that's right? why I got so drawn to her. And I couldn't mm -hmm. look elsewhere. It was just I had to go to her for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, and that the universe yeah. said, you know what, it's time for you to face your past mm -hmm. and heal. And it was the best thing ever. Yeah. I mean, for initially after that, I was a mess. All these little memories kept coming mm -hmm. in. And, and it was mm -hmm. just really uncomfortable. The flashbacks were stronger than ever. And all these other issues came up within me and depression, of course, without realizing uh, at the time. Sure. Mm -hmm. Depression yeah. was big. You don't really always realize you're depressed until you look back and you're like, yeah, That's I think true. I was mm -hmm. depressed at yeah. the time. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So eventually I, I thought, okay, I'm quite down the whole time now. I need to, maybe if I tell my boyfriend about it, I will be okay. So I finally told him. This is what happened. He had met my abuser, so he was just in shock about it. And then I thought, right. cool, all right. I've told a person. I've now told my story to one person. I'm going to be okay now. <laughs> no, that's when the, when the you know, music really started. It just became right. heavier until it was so terrible that I needed to go see a therapist. No, it's going to ask. <laughs> no, turn, <laughs> <laughs> turn. Is it? No. He never um, knows when yeah, to talk so, because yeah. I'm always talking. <laughs> Neil, well, you're up. <laughs> so, continuing on that journey, you were talking about how, you know, yes. finally how everything started. A little bit of hope and then towards therapy. And of course, one of the major things of that healing journey and recovery is you're in a very happy relationship right now. How do you keep that trust alive going through what you went through and all the survivors that went through? I can, Im I would imagine that it would be very difficult to trust people after that, especially romantic partners. So how do you keep that trust alive? What did you do to sort of not look at every single male with, the, with that eye of, oh, are they going to do this to me? What my cousin did or what this guy did or this or that? Mm. That is a really tricky one um, because until I went to therapy about my child sexual abuse, I didn't realize that all my trust issues my whole life were from that. Because if you think about it, I was a little girl who was finally excited to have that older brother figure who then took so much advantage of her. And it was the first time that I was finally full trust of just having fun and a good friendship. And that just got, you know, it sets the tone. Unfortunately, it yeah. set the tone for me for every male I had met, um, friendship or romantically in any way. Um, therapy. Therapy will help therapy. you. And I, I cannot stop saying it. A lot of people will, I mean, therapy can be very daunting. I understand. I, I try to not go to it for oh, a long time. I love it. I now love I it. love it. 
as soon as something it. gets a bit much, make it an appointment. Mm-hmm. And I feel mm-hmm. the feeling you get after therapy of everything making sense is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Kiddo, tell us about your podcast. Yeah. I'm excited. Yes. Yeah, Sorry. it's really good. I, I was just binging on it yesterday to do the research yeah. <laughs> for your questions. And oh my God, mm-hmm. that it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, bless you. That means a lot because I'm so new to it and I'm trying to figure it out. And Ten, I tend to be drawn to podcasts where, you know, people say the wrong thing accidentally mm-hmm. or as in, you know, muck up a word, mm-hmm. say it funnily mm-hmm. and then they correct. Like that mm-hmm. rawness is what I get hooked on because mm-hmm. you're listening to a real person. Is like, and, you know, how funny. Maureen was on a big pillow at the start of it and now she's, I know. you know, <laughs> because I, I saw that you person. were at eye level and I was like looking down. And yeah. um, that's, and that's what I'm catching myself in my podcast I'm still in the very early days of my podcast and I noticed that sometimes I catch myself trying to be professional because I'm always very professional at my full-time job at work and trying to snap out of that sometimes is a little bit tricky until mm-hmm. my me comes out and my own personality gets mm-hmm. back out of that you know shield so um yeah so my podcast is called love your mind and soul it's on spotify love that name love it love your mind and soul to me i love it these last um couple of questions are more like we're going to try to like advice for others who were yeah are rather maybe where you were uh years ago but starting with speaking of your podcast when i was listening to it yesterday i remember in one of, and you mentioned this earlier in this interview as well about that creepy uncle of yours who, you, and you were kind of forced to reciprocate that, you know, hug and kiss and all that. Um, mm. And I know that when you're going through that, it's it's impossible, and nobody should blame any survivor for, oh, why couldn't you see it? That's not, you know, you should never blame it. But in hindsight, would you recommend anything that you spotted? now looking back any pattern in abusers is it just into follow your intuition is it just creepy why do you get what should people look out for you Mm. know when they're setting their boundaries yeah um i find that children have got such a strong intuition they're born with it right but then all of us we teach them to oh don't cry oh don't do this don't share that, blah, blah, blah. And we collectively shut down and silence and eventually get rid of their beautiful intuition. So children know. Why else would they know that, mm, I'm getting creepy vibes of that uncle, don't know why, something's not right. And they know before all of us because us adults, we are so sucked into the whole, maybe it's the family respect bullshit that we just think, oh, mm-hmm. it's such a you know, respected uncle, how dare you? And that was my reaction to me. Oh, no, why would you say that that uncle's creepy? He is, we all respect him and blah, 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 blah. But as a kid, Mm -hmm. I knew something was off. And I don't know any stories about him, but his energy is still, I still remember it so strongly. Um, But again, I don't think there's a pattern. And I'm, especially with my work, I love picking up on patterns. and, And I always catch myself, picking up on patterns patterns quite early. Um, it helps me understand mm-hmm. things better and so on. Yeah. I think maybe one little pattern only because it's just standing out to me now and as you're talking about celebrities as well, it's mm-hmm. usually the popular people as well. Um, you know, the mm-hmm. charming one, yeah. the popular one, the one that, you know, what, especially if any parents are listening, 
is there a person in your life that is spoiling one of your children a little bit more than all the other ones are they showering with gifts that, that's a really common thing that i hear a lot you know they would and that's grooming that's early signs of grooming um all of that but then the one thing there might not be one specific pattern that we can pinpoint but one thing that we can all make sure of is the environment we all have because a child is not going to talk to you about something that's happened to them if they do not feel safe with you if they if you do not keep their secrets safe you obviously teach kids not to have secrets but they do need to have a safe space with you and your partner there needs to be that and without mm -hmm. that they're not going to have anyone to talk to and that's that's how i quickly mm -hmm. had this happen until i was 13 and yeah. Did they did they threaten you like if you tell I'll kill your parents kind of thing? It wasn't that. It was just more so. Well, he used some of their parent our parents' behaviors, um, which was proof to me. One of them was, well, you to already tell them that I hit you and bully you, and no one believes you. And I was like, mm. you're right. Mm -hmm. They don't believe me. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. why would they believe you? And also, if you do tell them. I'm going to tell them it's your fault anyway, because everything is your fault. So if you tell a little girl these things, a little girl who's still mm -hmm. developing, still growing, they're going to believe what you say and they're going to mm -hmm. trust what you say. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, you mentioned that therapy has played a huge part in your healing journey. And yes. of course, we everybody needs mm -hmm. it. Everybody should. But are there any other things like, you know, either mindfulness exercises or mental anything you do to make your make yourself feel safe you know on a daily basis and anything you do to like if you ever feel triggered by the past or if some bad memory comes what would you recommend to others who might besides of course the therapy if there is anything yeah. look after yourself like do things that feel good for you therapy while it might make us feel like shit which is good because <laughs> That's how it all comes out. Yeah. Isn't it's that the right. truth, though? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Therapy is not supposed to feel angelic and beautiful. And even when I talk about, you know, my spiritual awakening journey, it sounds so magical. It's not. It's ugly and it doesn't feel nice um, uh, yeah. initially anyway. And mm -hmm. some of the other things I did is I also looked back and said, okay, what are the things? I did a little bit of inner child work and I also thought, you know, what are the things that I would have loved to do as a child that I missed out on? Um, and one of them was dancing for me. I've always wanted to do dancing. Oh, oh what kind? Um, yeah. So currently I do, it's called reggaeton. So it's like hip hop, but the really? Latin version. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Love yeah. it. And my teacher is an, oh my God, she's an angel. So she's all into the spiritual stuff like I am and, you know, mm -hmm. self-development and all that. And she actually sometimes incorporates our dancing into our, you know, kind of feeling what's mm -hmm. stuck in your body and how to use your body. Exactly. To, to, get, so to get rid of that. Yeah. Um, and art. You know, for me, art. Yeah, me too. I'm going to show you but, mine quickly. Oh, yes. Please, please do. do. So I did this one recently. She's going to be 100% better than me. Inspired <gasps> by my journey. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah, that's a real show. I didn't paint that. That's real shell. Um, but and the, but the, the female, is that a female with long yes. dark hair? Yeah. Yep. That is stunning. That is yeah. stunning. So that's the that's shell amazing. that she's been hiding her whole yeah. life when things were happening. Uh -huh. And she uh -huh. eventually used her shell to sit on and sure. be powerful. Uh -huh. um, and yeah, and that's 
got a few crystals on there. You know what? You don't know how much that just clicked with me because Nella, honey, you have been a joy. They can find your podcast on Spotify. Can you say the name again, sweetie, for everybody? Yeah, sure. Now, my name is the exact same on Instagram and Spotify, or if you have Anchor, which is a great free app for podcasts. Yes. Um, yeah. And the Use name too, is yeah. Love Your Mind and Soul, all in one word. And the end is A-N-D, so it's Love Your Mind and Soul. Because in the journey, Perfect. you learn to love your mind and soul mm -hmm. again. Because unfortunately, when you're going through the mm -hmm. journey, you tend to hate your mind for reminding you of it, but we together can learn to love it I know. again. And how about before, before we go, I uh, wanted to ask, can you give some anything you want, any parting words for uh, anyone who's struggling to get to that healing space where you are right now, but maybe sure. perhaps is not there quite yet. So they're probably feeling like, is this going to work out? Is my journey yeah. going to lead ultimately to healing? So what would you say to those people? Yeah, that's great, great one. Um, I find that when you're in the journey, you very often, uh, this is the wrong word, but I'm going to use it because I cannot think of anything. It's still early here in <laughs> Australia. You tend to drag your feet a little bit on, you know, healing because you also don't really understand what's going on. Why am I feeling this way? And I yeah. find I've spoken to so many survivors on my page. And one thing we all had in common is that we didn't know, was it abuse? Was it actually my fault? Was it bad? I thought it was a good thing. I thought I wanted it and all of that until we acknowledged that, hey, that was wrong. We're going to be stuck in that. And I welcome to anyone listening to this, even if we've never spoken before, come to me on my page on Instagram and feel free to chat to me because I will never judge anyone and I will tell you. And I, and I find that once that's acknowledged, it's so easy to go, yeah, you're right. That mm -hmm. was wrong. That shouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. So that really helps you step into it and really take your power back and get into it and start healing it because you just take your it. power back take yeah, your exactly. power back because acknowledge children because yeah. children children are never at fault yeah. ever no exactly. matter what Even they tell child, you ask for it and that's a few stories mm -hmm. that i hear as well but i remember asking my dad or mom that i wanted it yes because you've been manipulated and raised and conditioned that way you don't know what's happening this has been I'm such a joy thank you this was thank yeah. you guys you guys you've been wonderful thanks this was amazing thank you everyone for watching and thank you nella for bringing a topic that never ever ever gets enough awareness be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at all the links listed in the description. And don't forget to hit like on this video and subscribe to this channel so you never miss an episode. Thank you everyone once again, and we'll see you right here next week at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Goodbye. Goodbye.